0: Hello, I'm Brett Terpstra, and you're listening to Systematic. My guest this week is Jesse Grosjean, an independent developer. How's it going, Jesse? Oh, uh, good. Thanks for having me. Uh, you were last on in 2012. That is so long ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it. I, I've been programming ever since, although over time, it seems like I program slower and slower, but <laughs> that's what I do.
0: Is it? Is that just part of aging or are you, uh, becoming more careful in your, in your
1: older years? Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's part of, I have lots of fun programming and I learn more over time and I sort of, I I think I get, I'm at the moment I'm, I'm more into like making my programs pretty and data structures and things. Not that I'm a super great person at that, but, uh, I don't know. I'm very deep. Like I, I can tell you the story of my my last few years and it it all started out with, all right, let's see how to search a bunch of files. And now I'm like four years or three years into rust programming and parallel programming and all this stuff. And it was all (laughs) just to search a few files. Oh boy.
0: Um, I have this habit, like I'll start out a project with what I consider to be like a good like object. I don't know what you call when you map out what properties and what objects and how everything's going to interact. And then it gets out of hand so quickly as I start adding too many properties and too many controllers and, uh, my, my apps after a year end up being unmanageable and I end up having to start over.
1: Yeah. And I, for, for me, especially recently, I mean, I certainly have that problem. And what I do is I start over continuously. And especially if I get stuck on something, my, my desktop is scattered with junk me, junk, 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 all these little <laughs> junk things trying to get all the mess out of the way so I can actually figure out the mess of my existing program out of the way so I can figure out what this one little attribute does or something. But uh, it, I at the moment, I keep on going deeper and deeper into probably stupid, I don't know. I just, let's see if we can reinvent this, you know? But it is fun. So and is, it's very, go
0: ahead. I'm sorry. Is, is, this, uh, is this searching text files uh, or searching files, uh, is that your next project?
1: Yeah, I mean, basically, previous, my sort of application history that is, the way I look at it, anyway, I did a few apps early on that were just kind of learning how to develop Mac stuff, and then the first one I had success with, big success was with Write Room, which is a very simple app that just blocks out your screen and does full screen mode. And then so the next app was Task Paper, which was okay, a to-do list in a text file. People liked text files. I like text files. Let's see how how simple you can do that. And so task paper is a very simple syntax to make a to-do list and i worked on that for a bit and then i wanted to you know always want to expand and make things do more and stuff and so the next step was folding text and that um the basics of is it takes a markdown file and it makes it so you can fold the very like you know in a code text editor how you can fold um Regions of text, well, it does that in markdown structure. And then it also, um, I I like outliners a lot. And so the the underlying model is really an outliner, and that's the same thing with task paper. It's outliners that feel like text editors. And um, folding text adds uh, also a query language, so you can filter the document by a query, and it's very sophisticated or complex or something like that query (laughs) language and uh then so so that's the direction I've been headed as time goes on things get more complicated I probably should have just stuck with right room but then (laughs) then my my, then my programming life would be boring um and but right room I sort of or, or sorry folding text was sort of the big effort but I, I didn't like the way it turned out, particularly. Um, in that, I, I for all these apps, I kind of use them for the same thing, which is I'm not a very organized person. I don't keep like long journal. I mean, I try sometimes to do journals or something, but mostly it's just like a piece of sketch paper, and I write out ideas on it. Sure. Most of the time, programming ideas, but I just sort of I, I'm very interested in the feel and the environment and. Folding text, based, basing it on Markdown, which I, on one hand, think is great, but on the other hand, it, I don't feel very calm in it with all the various things going on. And anyway, and also folding text, while the sales started out great, they were dropping so that Task Paper was selling better. And so anyway, I did do after folding text a rewrite of task paper just to modernize it, but then my my big project, well, all, all those projects, what they share in common is a very much uh, a plain text based approach, and then uh, a, stro- a rich. Uh, I like to allow people to do plugins and things like that, so they they provide that kind of APIs and yeah, a data model that people can change. I've yeah, extensibility. That. Yeah, yeah. So I I always think that's a fun, you know, I never use it basically ever in other other programs. I'm not really that kind of person, but just the idea really appeals to me. And I like it. You know, I have fun doing that anyway, providing it. Um, So they've all plain text files with extensibility and, you know, they're focused Maybe towards tasks or something, but basically they they try to be flexible programs that you can use for lots of different ways. And so the next thing I want to do is make it so that it can support multiple files. Now, how hard can that be? And uh, it, that's what I've been working on since, and in various forms. Um, but the I, I guess the the thing that so I, basically my my vision is very simple, you know, every code editor has this little file tree and you can browse through the files and I like that. Um, but then for extensibility, I, there, there's a few details that I want different. And so for example, save searches are always something that, um, people talk about in applications and in task paper. And so task paper, I build a new separate UI for save searches and, it shows up in the sidebar, right? You click on it, and it shows the search results. Yeah. Um, with multiple files, I'm starting to think sort of. I think of it is instead of a text-based UI, it's like a file-based UI. So maybe there's a new file type called search, and you just put that in one of your folders, and it's has a certain format which saves your search. You know, in a plain text file. When you click on it, it will open a document, which show search results. And it seems to me like that's a pretty extensible way you could do, you know, a calendar or it's an extensible way. So you have a basic database of text files and then you can have some text files, which are plugins that they store their data in text, but they show, you know, you, you can, they're more a user interface than what we think of as text file, if that makes any sense. Yeah, at
0: all. I think they're like some, I want to say, Apps like Notion and Rome kind of do something to that effect. Uh, not not as much plain text, but in that uh,
1: you're right. I think plugins
0: they, as as documents kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and they that's interesting because yeah, I've tried both of them, but not in detail enough to actually have ever come across that. I guess when with them is like, they're both sort of apps that. I love like I think they're really cool, and then I hate because there's just so i don't know it's this foreign thing I, I assume I mean, maybe it's all plain text files that I can sync to my computer, I, but I don't think it is um, and so, like I don't uh, like I think they're cool on one hand, but then I can't when I'm actually in the editor, it's just there's so many different things that it can do that I don't have that nice calm feeling, yeah, if that makes sense, it does yeah, it does. Um,
0: I, I don't know if you've seen the app that Fletcher, Penny, and I are working on.
1: Um, Envy ultra, it's, I, I definitely have over the years. I don't know that I've seen, no I, I'm years. sure I haven't seen it. I haven't downloaded it and you know, it's been a, quite a while, right?
0: Well, so, so there was envy old.
1: That's which, what I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah. That's been, that's like a decade old. And okay. I, I, I stopped updating that because I started working on, uh, an app called BitWriter that was, just basically going to be a modernized version of Envy Old. And then the guy I was working on that with just disappeared. Like, I have no idea what happened to him. Stopped responding to to emails, messages, just gone.
1: Neat, um, yeah, I, I've had that happen a couple of times. That I sort of had never knew that it was such a, a phenomenon, but I guess I, it is. i I'm a little
0: worried. Like,
1: it's been a couple of years since, I, since
0: I've heard a word. Yeah. Uh, I, I have concerns, but... So I let, that, I let that project die after, after uh, uh, kind of dragging, dra- uh, what's the, br- making people um, worry about it for like three years and uh, eventually gave it up. And then uh, Fletcher Penny, the guy who created Multi Markdown, yes, yeah. um, he contacted me with like a, a rough draft of his version of Envy Alt. And I got all excited, and I signed on, and we are developing together uh, an entirely modern re- reimagining of NB called NB Ultra, yeah. cleverly enough. Um, nice. If you want on the beta, if anyone listening yeah. wants on the beta, it's pretty open right now,
1: but you have to ask. Yeah, I mean, I would love to, sure. Yeah, I, I have... This whole pile that's one corner of my desktop is, you know, just a dump of all these various applications. And it's I do like trying them a lot. But yeah, we extensibility
0: like we the NV Ultra has customizable themes and you can save searches. But when it comes to adding in extensibility, that's something that I do in my projects, but I don't tend to put out commercial apps with that kind of uh, like the what folding text had, and there was a whole community that kind of developed around writing extensions for folding text. Yep. do, do you think that having that kind of uh, extensibility is worth the extra support that it causes?
1: Um, I have no I mean, I guess worth is so does it drive enough sales to? Yeah, do, do the thing I would say, I don't know, probably not. Cause if I look around at lots of popular shiny apps, none of them support that. Right. And if I look at my apps, they aren't quite as shiny or popular and they do support that. Yeah. Um, but it is, I don't know, it, it's the most interesting part of the whole thing for me, like in the forums talking to people. And so it, it makes the apps a lot more fun to develop, I think. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think that, um, it does make things, uh, you know, it sort of freezes your app eventually. Cause once you do that, then it's hard to just change your data model or something. Sure. Um, and I am going to come like, if I can ever finish what I'm currently working on, um, it's a different model than task papers, API for extensibility. So, you know, it's sort of there has and it would be practically impossible to compact the two so there you know i I sort of if people are doing scripts that take them you know half a day or something then i think that's a good level like i don't want to be like photoshop or something where you i i I have no idea i haven't used photoshop (laughs) in years and years but i imagine you know they provide this hard api that then they don't try to break for a long time and things like that. I, and I'm, I'm more into it sort of as if somebody asks, can I do this? Then I have a way to say, well, yes, you can hack it this way and it'll pretty much work. And, you know, and I think that's been a lot of fun.
0: Nice. Yeah. Well, I look at an app like TextMate. Did you ever get into TextMate?
1: Not, not I mean, no, I, I, I used it. As a demo again, but mostly I just used Xcode because I wasn't using doing Ruby or any yeah. any of those things too much.
0: Well, it built this. Um, it, it was the first truly extensible editor that I ever used, and I I got into it and found this very active community, mostly via like it was a mailing list, but uh, but everyone building plugins and sharing themes and. Uh, It it really felt like the success of TextMate hinged on its extensibility and the community that that created Um, that, you know, counterpoint to that TextMate really isn't a thing anymore. So I don't know if that's commercially viable or not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's for for, uh, like, for example, for um. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I have fun thinking about it anyway, though. And that's definitely, extensibility is a big part of what I'm thinking about for my next stuff. But yeah, whether it's a good idea, I don't know. I'm sure for some people it would be a really good idea. They'll really like it. Yeah. If enough people, I don't know.
0: (laughs) So do you think the, the folding text community is ready to kind of move on with you
1: to whatever your next thing is? Um, I've, I mean, I, I don't think there's, I can't, I have no idea how, how many people are still using folding text. Cause it, I've made it for free for a number of years and, but it's like free, but I just set the price to zero on the, the payment platform. And so like I get, you know, sales every day. <laughs> and so some people are downloading it. I have no idea if they're using it just as a quick demo or using it lots. And uh, for my current app, it's, or my, my current idea for the next stuff, if I could ever get it done, is pretty different than folding text in a lot, you know, folding text, the idea was how much can I cram into the text editor? And my current idea is how much can I cram into files in the file system? And so I, it's similar in its, a very extensible idea, but it's completely, it's sort of different ends of the spectrum. So I don't really know if it uh, will be appealing to them in the, you you know, maybe for a different task it would be, but it's sort of a different take.
0: Yeah. I feel like people who get into the idea of an extensible app, it's a very specific crowd who, uh almost gets more excited about the idea of extending something than just the idea of using it. Uh I Yum. count myself among those people. Like as soon as I see an app has the capability for me to make it do something new, that's a that's really appealing to me. I feel like I'm part of a small uh, commercially non-viable segment of the uh the Mac community, but it's it's a it's a vibrant segment, I guess I would yes. say. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Do you know complex point? Yes. Oh, definitely. He, he, what's, uh, what's his real name?
1: Uh, 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 I know it. I have a chat window,
0: but let's see. Can I, um, I feel like I probably know him in both real world and as complex point, but I've never associated complex point.
1: Let's see. I'm, I, I'm terrible with names.
0: Uh, while you I while sh- you look, I I'll tell sh- I, I'll you should people, know. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell people that he this it's a person who uh, um yeah, R- Rob is oh, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Ro- Rob. Rob True, I think. Rob True, yes. He writes scripts and I've seen him in the forums for multiple uh apps with especially JavaScript extensibility, and uh he writes amazing scripts that do amazing things and solve just about every problem. And I find myself very jealous of his, his problem solving skills, I guess.
1: And he's actually like, he's definitely the the one who uses task paper, the the biggest expert on task paper scripting. He helps a lot in the forums when people have questions. And so, yes, I, he's, he's definitely the one who uses task paper scripting the most that I'm aware of. So Every task paper script
0: I've, uh, I've, I've written or that I use has at least something that, uh, that came from Rob. Yep.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I'll put him in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause he, he's, he, he's very nice to me and I don't know, we, we chat from time to time. Although as you can see, my name for memories is my memory for names is not very good. <laughs> oh, same. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay, so you were telling me and we're going to get nerdy, but uh you were telling me that the current version of TaskPaper uh while it has uh, uh kind of Cocoa elements uh, in the front end actually has a javascript
1: back end, is that how you would phrase it? Yeah, definitely. Yep. The whole all the model is in javascript. Um and it's sort of ta- it, it's folding texts code in various ways, basically, what the model of is is that uh, it reads a plain text file into an outline structure, and then it's the outline structure that you manipulate when you're editing, and then when you save, it turns it back into a text file. But the the like, if you look at task papers scripting API, you're moving objects around, yeah, not not ranges of text.
0: Yeah, that's. I I I didn't I, I guess I never considered that that was a possibility, and I really enjoy working with uh, with strings and data in JavaScript more than I enjoy it doing it in Objective C or, yep. or Swift if I ever get around to learning that. Yep. <laughs> uh,
1: are are you a Swift guy? Um, I'm a I have no idea at the moment. I'm having lots of fun with Rust. Which is my new JavaScript for so now my I'm doing the back, the the model layer in Rust and the front end in Cocoa Swift, Um, and so I like I'm doing some consulting in Objective C, and I have to say that I like Swift a lot better, just for like, the experience of actually using it. There's all kinds of neat. I don't know background about Objective C and small talk and things like that. I always thought that's the kind of person I am, but I'm really now liking Rust, and that seems like it's kind of the opposite of all that. So I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be now. <laughs> so do, should I learn Rust before I learn Objective uh, before I learn Swift? I don't know. I I think that if, not if you want to get something done, maybe because. Pretty much when I started on my (laughs) current thing, I started learning Rust. But for me, it's been super useful and fun as just a way to learn a little bit. It's lower level programming, okay? right? And so Swift, the thing that, and and this is like, especially when creating task paper, and just in general programming on the Macintosh, even in Objective-C, is you're building off all these frameworks that are closed source. And that's always been a huge frustration for me. Cause I can never, I never like, I don't know, I don't have like a team of people or anybody I know who really programs right around me. Sure. Especially programs Macintosh stuff, and so the way to find the right way to do things is, I don't know how you do it really. You know, you search on Stack Overflow or GitHub or something, and it used to like when I first started out, mailing lists were really useful. But I haven't got a useful answer from a Objective C or a Swift mailing list in. I'm not sure I have. There's probably some Google search that will show <laughs> something. People are very nice. But a lot of the time, you don't get the answer. Like, you know, why Why is this happening? And there's no way to find out, really. And so the thing that I love about Rust is that all those frameworks are open source. And you can just dig down. And also, it's small enough now that there's you, you're, you're quickly humbled in how little you know with at least I am with all my questions to Rust people, because they're sort of much lower the people who are sort of the foundation of it know lots of low level stuff that I don't know, but I've found that, boy, they have explained stuff to me so often and so quickly. And I'm sort of amazed now it hasn't actually helped me release a product, but <laughs> they, it sure is fun. Yeah. And, um, and it's really, so Swift, I always have all these problems making it fast. Uh, Trance, you know, is this string in, an NS string, what's the conversion between the two, et cetera. And it just drives me nuts because I can never tell what's actually really happening, if that makes sense. And it creates performance problems and it creates just general frustration. Whereas with Rust, it's, you know, that what's happening is right there in front of you. If you just look hard enough and you can see the bit turning or whatever. Um, Now it might take a while to actually figure it out. But that's yeah. really satisfying
0: to me. The flip side of having like uh, that that more low level access to the the source and everything is uh, part of the beauty of something like Swift is uh, you don't have to you don't have to know how everything works. You right, kind of, right. You have these simple to use tools yeah. to accomplish the tasks you're allowed to com- accomplish.
1: You know, and and I would say that you were asking, oh, should I learn Rust instead of Swift? I think probably the answer for most Mac programmers or 99.9 is probably no. Swift is definitely the, the straighter <laughs> way to go. With that said, Rust is famous for being hard to learn. And I definitely, it wasn't easy for me to learn, but I feel like I know it pretty well now. and. I've programmed in Swift probably just as much, but I know Swift less well. It feels like Swift has a lot more I don't know when I, it's dumb, but you know there's like protocol oriented programming and there was some talk that they gave and I certainly I think I know what a progr- protocol is and what protocol oriented programming is pretty well, but there's all these weird little cases like conformance something I you know I'm I'm just throwing out words cuz I don't know what the exact detail was, but in Rust it has some similar issues, but and maybe I expect they're probably very similar and the same answers on both of them. Rust, I feel like I know the the various ins and outs. Swift, I I never quite know why. You know if that makes sense. Yeah. And there the, there's some details to the Swift and Swift is also growing much faster. I don't know. There's just the language itself. I think I'm again I'm not an expert, and I think under the hood they're they're very similar in a lot of ways. You know they're both uh typed with templates and all this stuff. But yeah. I I tend to like Rust better, although I suspect that you'll actually make an app faster, especially on the Mac with Swift. I, Maybe I not. imagine so. Yep. <laughs> um so you said something about
0: uh liking Markdown, but the looking at the files made you uneasy?
1: I'm yeah, curious just, about that. Well uh so like right now, I don't know, I'm I'm looking at my, I'm in task paper. I just have a few notes on what my my three things I was going to talk about, you know, <laughs> a very short, a couple of paragraphs. And even looking there, like I have questions that, should I put a dash in front of it or should I just make a simple outline without the dashes? And I I decide like without the dashes, although I'm not sure I want it all italic, which is what task paper does when you don't put a dash in front of it and mark down the heading thing. I've never liked the way the headings look, which is dumb. Like the ATX I, style with the hash yeah, marks. Yeah, yeah that, that big thing, that ATX style, yeah. And I've almost found that like, uh, I, I hardly ever use an iPad, but I sit with my son sometimes to, when he's going to sleep. And I've been writing in like the Apple Notes app with rich yeah. text, and I'm like, huh, I kinda like this better than, <laughs> you know, cause it just looks cleaner. And so task paper, I mean folding text one thing I didn't like was the that style, but also just I was trying to map it to an outline, yeah, because that's what my query language is based on and the whole API for manipulating it and while some of it maps a lot of it maps very cleanly to an outline. There's all kinds of edge cases, and that was I think more than just the way it looks, that was probably the big thing is that it, it didn't map to an outline and that's what the end goal was. And of course, I mean, it, it kind of does, but you know, there's just all kinds of weird cases that it's, it's who's, what's the child here, you know, or if you move this here, how do you keep it a valid thing? If like you move this item here and the parent is a list item and you know, there's all kinds of complexity. Um,
0: so I know folding text did this to some extent, but have you ever worked in any of the editors that really make like Markdown look like rich text. So like once, once you hit enter on a headline, it turns it into a like three, uh, like 21 point bold. Right. And I,
1: I haven't were, I mean, and that's sort of, I, you know, like notion and those things kind of do that kind of, I mean, they, they're not Markdown, but they, you kind of, enter text and then you set the type and then it's set and it's, it's different than like select highlighting it and saying bold. Right. Um, and I, I like that. Um, the, and I've, I think I forget there was one, big one with the Mac that I, I, that was like the first one, I think it was a cross platform app that was the first one anyway, that i had seen that did that for Markdown. And it, it doesn't even, you don't even have to press enter, right. You just kind of, it recognizes it on the fly. Yeah. And I like that idea a lot. Um, but it's hard. I don't know. I haven't, uh, I'm not sure I like it enough to, I'm a little bit against magic kind of things and that's magic. <laughs> um, But it might be, I don't know, I I haven't, I'm for it, but I haven't done it. (laughs) Have you ever used Quip? Quip, yes. I'm a big Um,
0: fan of Quip as an alternative to Google Docs anyway.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to, like, again, my using, it's in the pile of apps on my desktop. I don't remember. Yeah, so I'm just opening it to remember what it looks like. It looks different now. I guess the things with I like, a, it's neat. It does so much, though, that, which are obviously if an app does so much, you can just, you don't have to do it, right? But still, whenever I, I look at it, I think of that. Um, I guess the things that sort of, with Notion and all these apps, they have this idea of, you know, there's this constant uh, button hovering so that you can change the type of items, which, Again, I like that idea, but at the same time.
0: It's inconvenient.
1: Yeah, and and like right now I'm playing with Quip and like I'm selecting over a table and all of a sudden you can tell it's not just text there. The there, selection is doing lots of weird things on, uh, as I go through the list and stuff. And I, I maybe it's a web view. I don't know. I thought it wasn't a web view though. It is a web, it's a web view. It, I think oh, it, it is? Oh. I think the desktop
0: version is Electron, but it's a web app.
1: Oh, it is. Okay. I like
0: that if you if you start a line with with three uh, hashtags hashes and then type uh, a headline when you when you as soon as you hit space after the hashes it switches the type to an h3. If you type a dash and then space, it starts a bullet list for you. And then if you copy stuff out, it's actually in markdown format. Even though you're not really working in markdown, you're just triggering uh, different block types using markdown syntax. It works really well for someone like me who prefers to be in plain text. But if I want to work with other people on a shared document, right. It's, it's kind of perfect.
1: Yeah. yep, Yeah. And it, um, I, I do like it. So I don't know. I'm still how far away I'm on my current projects. I go back and forth. One thing, uh, I guess the, the the two the next version of task paper on on one hand, the idea was to yes, do very much that kind of thing like add support for bold and italic and things like that um, that were where you wouldn't have to type out the markdown things and links. those are the kind of bold italic and links without seeing all the the, the syntax or the link. Um, but then on the other hand, my other thought is, all these features are too much, and just have plain text and then use a different technology for generating views. Um, so, keep the sort of think of the text files as a very simple database where it's just text with no surprises, and then generate reports and stuff off that data in some clean, fancy looking format. Which is kind of the idea behind Markdown to begin with. Right, r- very much so. But in, uh, I guess I would say all within the same app and as by design kind of, yeah. which and by reports, I think of like a calendar view as a report or, you know, a, my to do, my schedule for this week, like to do's that are due. Cause a lot of the time people use task paper and it's they, for to do lists and they always want to generate, you know, what's going to happen next week. How do I gather my things? And I can do it in, uh, you know, the task paper has all these queries and you can do it, but it always feels to me like, boy, this would just be better if you just generated it in a nice clean view that was displayed in a web view or something, but you could switch back and forth very quick. And then you would have super simple editing without having to worry about folds and all this stuff in your way. You kind of, you have both of them. And so that, that is very much like Markdown, but not, not, uh, extending the idea beyond just a published document to other squeezing the data into other views.
0: All right. Well, I look forward to what you're working on. I look forward to seeing this. Me too. (laughs) All right. After the year we've all been through saving money should be at the top of everyone's resolution list. So if you're still paying insane amounts of money every month for wireless, what are you doing? Switching to mint mobile is the easiest way to save this year. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you maximize your savings with plans starting at just $15 a month. I'm not going to tell you how much I spend on fancy schmancy coffee every month, but I made a resolution to try and cut back on that part of my budget this year. Uh, So Then I switched to Mint and saved more than enough money to keep buying fancy schmancy coffee and still have extra money every month. Switching to Mint was the easiest way to start saving money. By going online only and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their 7-day money-back guarantee. To get your new wireless plan for just $15 a month, and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash systematic. That's mintmobile.com slash systematic. Thanks a lot to Mint Mobile.
1: Well, let's talk about some top three picks. All right. um, right. Um, um, let's see. So we, I, I have two, one, two kids, one's in high school and one's in fifth grade. And the, the fifth grader are big into board games. And so the family minus the high schooler, we, we play board games. And uh, a current one that we really like is Wingspan, which I don't know if you play board games, but for, for me- In the I, before I, times, before
0: the pandemic, I did enjoy
1: a good game night. Oh yeah, okay, yep. Yeah. Well, uh I don't know, I always, there, there's like, they're not new anymore, but you know, the non-monopoly games, the ones with lots of rules and pieces mm-hmm. and things like that, we like those ones Except there's sort of cooperative ones, which I can't stand because I I like to be able to win. But then we play the ones where we all want to win. And that's not always perfect either uh, in the ending because only one person gets to win. And so anyway, Span is pretty neat in which there's a winner, but you're very much, uh, it's sort of like this, I guess they call it an engine building game, you know, where each person is working on their own and there's not too much conflict of like over territory or something. But uh, or anyway, it's a we're, we're having a lot of fun with it. That sounds cool. I uh I I bought uh the
0: game Pandemic. Uh, yes. Before the pandemic, I bought because I like the idea of a cooperative board game. I've yes. never actually played it.
1: Uh, uh, well, we we have Pandemic too, and I love the idea, but it, I did, in the end, in my experience. Lots. Of, I know people who love pandemic, but but for me, um, I don't know. It turns. It's more of a a conversation. You 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 don't get, you you don't sit there and think about your own stuff and dream up your own things. You spend the entire time collaborating with other people, which that sounds good, doesn't it? But it does. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not as interested in that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the basic idea behind Wingspan?
1: Um. Well, the first thing, even for us who like to play all these board games, uh, I don't know, the, the first version, the first time you play it, it's very confusing. But it's a, a game where you have uh, cards that you draw, and, uh, which are birds. You're, you're, you have an apiary, I guess it's called. and uh, um, So you've got birds, which are come in the form of cards, and you've got eggs, which are how you get new birds. Kinda, and you've got food, and so those are your cards, eggs, and food, and then you can uh, fill out these various habitats. And cards have powers, and then when you sort of go to a habitat for a resource, all the cards that are in it have powers that might play. So, any you kind of just you build up an an engine, you know, where, okay, now when I do this, all these things happen because I planned ahead or I got lucky or something. And so when you start out, it's slow, but as you go, it gets better. That does sound cool. Yeah, it sounds, and it seems like you never, the games are usually pretty close, like, you know, I guess 70 points is kind of a base score, and it seems like everybody's within 10 of it. So that's nice. And you're not like, I don't know, there's some games where, you can very easily defeat the other person or at least provide offend against them and this one you're all kind of working against on your own with you there's some ways to compete but it's not you're working on your own then you compare scores in the end what's the balance in
0: rough estimate balance between uh, luck and and
1: strategy i don't know cuz i i haven't usually when I win, it's, there's a lot of strategy involved, but then sometimes I get unlucky and I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically I don't know. Cause I haven't, I've played it for maybe a month. Okay. Um, but it seems like with us, everybody has won similar amounts of time, which would mean to me that must be lots of luck, but when <laughs> you win, you feel like you're, you feel like you're in control. So, you know, All right. I, I, that's, that's the best kind, right? sounds like sounds like it ha-
0: it has a good ratio one that doesn't make you feel like yeah. when, when a game is too too much based on luck it it's no longer fun uh it feels like right it's too easy for the fates to conspire against you and you have no control over it
1: right and this one i think that there's the competition isn't so direct well one I, i'm not like we, I play board games, but I'm casual. You know, there's lots of forums where you'll find some expert who I'm sure has a a much better opinion on all this. But for, for me, it's just, uh, it's more f- the, the fun part is kind of building up your engine and seeing how it goes. And then you'll be like, oh, I think, and it's not obvious to me either at the end of the game, which one of which, which of us has won, then you count all the points. Cause there's a number of different dimensions that you total the points in your, oh, I won or, oh, I won. So it's more kind of building a satisfying engine, at least that's how I see it when I'm playing it right now. All right, well, I, that sounds like something I'm gonna check out. Yeah, I recommend it. And, right. uh, and I think actually it's a, we play the board game, but it's a computer game too, which my wife plays. With, with And I think I try to stay away if I have the board game and I play it on the iPad or something, then all of a sudden the board game becomes much less fun because you have to like wait forever if you're used to going fast, but, uh, anyway, there, there is a computer game and that's another way to do it.
0: Have you tried any of the online card games?
1: I haven't. No.
0: There's a, there are a couple online versions of cards against humanity that I have had, like we started having, um, Plex based watch together movie nights, uh, after quarantine started. And, and that's been a lot of fun, a great way to, I like them better than actual movie nights where I had to go to someone's house. Um But online card games have actually been uh, a good, a good substitute for game nights and neat. Yeah. The cards against humanities that are out there uh kind of clones. They're, they're fun. They're sketchy. uh They, they crash a lot, but yeah, I have found, we, I don't have a, Family per se. I have my partner, and the two of us together are good at like cribbage. But yep. board
1: games aren't as much fun with just two people, uh, right? So I Although have been... wings, the, the wingspan game is uh, you can do it with two people since it's pretty much just you building your own thing. So okay, so that's one good thing. About okay, it.
0: yeah, I would be curious about finding uh, board board game board board style games that could be played by groups online.
1: Yeah, I
0: haven't looked into that much
1: yet. Yeah, it seems like the uh, again, I haven't looked deeply. I like uh Carcassonne on the iPad. Is that, that's always I've looked at other ones and they're never as fun as that. That that like what it, I think it's actually there's a new version now maybe, but the the Coding Monkeys people, I think that people made a card game and it was like or a, a board game and I I still play that one. I like that one. Cool. But, Yep. All right, so what's your second pick? All right, well, my second one is, is I have lots of hesitation, but it's the, the Quest 2 headset, which is a VR thing. And it's got, it's Facebook, It's you're selling your soul when you buy it, and it's also <laughs> VR, which I'm not, you know, you plug yourself in and now you're in a new world, which are all things that are not entirely appealing to me. With that said, it's been, I thought it's really cool looking. So I don't play many video games like, you know, the 2D or, you know, fancy, uh, uh, where you have a fancy IBM PC and you play video games. I don't do that. <laughs> IBM um, doesn't make PCs anymore. Right, IB, yeah, Windows, whatever <laughs> it is. The stuff I can't play How on my Mac. How old are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I do like to every five years or so look at the latest tech and see, wow, this is how good it looks now. And for a long time, it looks better, but I'm just like, this is still so boring. Um, But this VR headset thing, you know, we've only had it a month or something, but I'm very impressed the way it looks like it's just the first one. It's like, wow, I can't believe technology does this. And now it's sort of a little bit boring now that, you know, it's still a video game, and the actual games aren't quite as interesting. But just for a tech demo, I'm I'm amazed that it's possible. And I'm sure I mean I think VR headsets that are somewhat similar must be around for the last five years or maybe longer. But yeah, it's the first time I've been exposed, and I was like, "Wow, this is quite the amazing thing."
0: <laughs> well, back let's see, it was just in, I want to say October. Uh, I I I had a guest. Um, who was it? It was, oh, Alex Cox was on and, uh, their pick for, uh, one of their one of their top three picks was the Oculus Quest, like first version. Yeah. So, and which is no longer available in just a short, short span of time
1: <laughs> since yeah. October. Yeah. Apparently
0: when did the two come out?
1: Uh, I think October actually, <laughs> seriously, maybe or I, I it was, it was before Christmas anyway.
0: Do you, you don't have any grounds for comparison like you don't
1: know what no, yeah, doing. no, I have no idea. I'm just rather amazed that like this this one you know requires no separate computer. you has no cords, you just kind of plug in and it looks fancy and I I'm, it tracks you so closely. it's kind of amazing. So what kind of stuff do you do with it? well, like the best part by far for me is just the the wow factor of um you know their initial demos the first day you're just like, Wow, this is amazing, and it's so. And so, what do we actually do with it? Um, The the whatever the Beat Saber is the only one that I sort of can play over where you sit there and slash away it with music blaring in your ears. But is that the one it's that's kind of in fun. Commercial. Yes, I think so. It's it's sort of the there the, there's very much again for me who's not a big gamer person. I've tried demos of other stuff and it's not nearly as you know fun, but that one's neat and. I don't love plugging myself in and having everything else go away, but it is neat saying, all right, maybe I'll dry this and then huh, that's gonna make me stand up and jump around. And that's kind of neat. I like I like that.
0: Nice. That's why I bought that's why I bought uh an Xbox whatever with the Connect. Uh, I, I thought it was after the Wii came out and the Wii didn't appeal to me, but I thought that Connect would make me enjoy video gaming more if it was more of a full body experience
1: um, mm-hmm.
0: that did not turn out to be true
1: yeah um, i i'm
0: not i've never tried that or
1: really know anything about it but what, right, what and, is it con-
0: i am tempted to after after two kind of rave reviews of the oculus quest i am tempted to try it and maybe maybe find a new an i don't know are are there a lot of games available
1: n- not, not that i can find no i mean there, for me really the there there's the beat saber one is really neat um i don't know if you you could get bored of it pretty quick but <laughs> neat just in that you go do it and it's like wow that's pretty neat you know after 15 minutes my face hurts and i you it's not something you do for a super long period of time but it's just kind of a neat experience um and I, ha- we haven't bought a ton of other ones. There's like a shooting arrows one, which is kind of neat. And my son really likes that and runs around like crazy and sweats a lot. I've tried it and I kind of like it, but not, not really. You have to, it's, it's more tense. Beat Saber is just kind of satisfying instead of tense, if that makes sense. All right. Um, yeah. But give it a try or try a friends or something, um, but <laughs> just as far as a tech technology demo that I wasn't aware of. It's pretty cool. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, hopefully they'll get more comfortable over time too. I think that a, would be a, the
1: next step. A, a, well, yeah, although I don't know if I really would want to spend, I, I mean, maybe I would want to, I don't know if I would want myself to spend all day in there, but you know, <laughs> but
0: yep. I could see like, if if I could actually work, if I could code in a new environment, like it seems to open up the possibilities, uh, minority report style for actually building interfaces uh for doing, you know, your your work or or your hobbies, but yep. to to build new paradigms of of human input devices. Like that that's the stuff I find most interesting about uh the possibilities of VR.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they do they do have. I haven't tried them, but apps that you know allow you to open lots your computer screen, you know, yeah. fifteen times or something. Yeah,
0: Alex and i was talking about that. Yep,
1: yeah, it would be neat. Although I think it would, I don't think I would be able to survive. You know, it it would my eyes and my head and everything would get too tired. But um, so I haven't really tried it. But it yeah. certainly is. A, it certainly is a new a new technology that's interesting. Or one that I wasn't aware of, anyway. It's not that new, I think, but you know. <laughs> it's newish. Newish, yes. All right. So, what's your third pick? Yeah. Um, I, I guess I morning drinks, and so just espresso and tea. I, I drink a lot of like, I like fancy green teas and espresso machine. Um, I sort of I never drank coffee, and then I decided, well, I should try it out. Everybody likes it. And then I decided that um, I would like espresso because that's, I sort of like processes and complexity and mm-hmm. wasting time. And that seemed the best, the most complex way to make coffee. And so um, looked into that and then eventually got this old used, broken, actually two commercial espresso machines and then put them together. And that was a, a into one that worked. And so I know nothing about that kind of stuff, but it was a fun project over the maybe a year ago that I I think it finally got started working.
0: I would be really curious to uh, like, I, I have, I have an espresso machine and I love it. I use it daily, but I don't really understand how it works. And that would be an interesting project to me.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, um, I know nothing about any, anything that's physical and it scared me a little bit in that there's electricity involved. Um, but there's you know lots of friendly people in forums, and if you send pictures and act dumb because you are dumb, I got a lot of help and it was a fun project. Um, and it's
0: oh go ahead. Can you imagine if Rob True was into espresso machines? I know maybe
1: yeah. There's there's a the the one thing about espresso is that I think I don't really taste stuff. I like lots of food and do lots of food stuff, but. I don't taste like, I'm not, if I make it and there was a long process, I'll like it. <laughs> no matter what, there's no choice. And so lots of the people in the espresso forums are talking a lot about different flavors and, uh, how would, how do I get this? And my machine's a commercial one, but an older, it's like 20 years old. And a lot of them talk about temperature. as sort of the defining factor. And I don't have much control over temperature. And I also have not ever like had espresso with somebody who knows what things taste like and can say this is this that is that um so yeah my i'm sort of i'm missing a lot of it but i'm still having lots of fun with it (laughs) my
0: uh my my latest revelation in espresso is that i prefer um light roast coffee to even medium but especially to dark i've gone like all in on light roast coffee.
1: Yeah, and that, that seems, from what I've read, that seems to be the big, that's what all the fancy espresso machines, at least in the forums I read, are trying to do now is make it so that you can extract it more, you know, it, it's, it's more temperamental. Yeah. And so you can extract it better. And I also have kind of liked, I always describe it as sort of a sour taste, although I think that people say that's wrong it's there's some other better way to describe it sours wrong yeah I don't, but uh, i don't know all the wine taster words for yeah, espresso yeah i think sours and has negative connotations but <laughs> but i i also kind of like that although my, my wife is very firmly doesn't like that sour taste and likes Same. the darker the darker one so i don't
0: Elle, know l El went and bought her own new like coffee setup like a stovetop espresso thing because yep. my the, when when i get espresso quote-unquote right when i'm really happy with it uh she she doesn't like it at all Uh, (laughs) too too bitter um i i like i said i don't know all the words like what i consider to be like the high notes i really like those strong yes and to her that's she likes dark roast rich smooth coffee which is to me a failure on my espresso machine so she's (laughs) she's you know taking coffee making uh
1: uh, on, on, her own now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm still, I still get to make it. And I've been, I usually add like foam milk and stuff. So in the end, they all taste pretty good, but, uh, uh
0: cause- I, I found out I, well, I guess I kind of knew, but I, I confirmed that I have a, uh, lactose intolerance. So it took some searching, but I actually found an oat milk, uh, a barista edition. I think it's by Oatly that I can get a great microfoam out of on my espresso machine. And I'm oh, cool. really yeah. enjoying that.
1: Yeah. I'm always, I'm always amazed. I, I'm not, for me, it's, it's very much jug of milk specific. Like some jugs of milk will work so well. And then some have a problem hmm. and it's very noticeable. Just that whole jug has a problem. And then the next one is perfect the whole way. And I don't know. W- it's interesting. I will throw
0: in a mention here uh okay. for you and for my listeners. Uh Crema, uh it's a uh coffee company crema.co. Uh they they vend like a whole array of different roasters and different roasts and you can create these playlists and schedule like weekly or biweekly or monthly uh just automatic Uh, the, the, it shows up at your door and I have found so many good coffees with this and, uh, I, I love it so much that I'll give you my affiliate link and save you some money and make me some, uh, some free coffee out of the deal. But
1: all right. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. That'll, that'll be in the show notes. Uh, I absolutely love the service. I should get them to sponsor
1: the show. I've been by, I, I, the, I I've generally been buying like five pound bags and then put them in the freezer. And so I don't know if th- this one looks like it, maybe is smaller, but anyway, I'll check, check it out. You can sure.
0: order, you can order five pound bags. Oh, you from, can. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, good. I, I like stuff cheap.
1: And, I like you know, to, bulk. yeah, yeah.
0: It's, it's not cheap. I spend, I spend probably 40 bucks a month on coffee. Yeah. Um, but if you really like one that they send you, you can uh, load up your, your recent because you rate your copies as you go, and yeah. you can order a five-pound bag of of one that you really like, uh, and cool. get it sent separately. Get it sent separately from your uh, subscription. But um, cool. Cool. there is something to be said for this. I like it if I make it myself. Thing I uh, like mushrooms. I I've never liked mushrooms until I started cooking them for myself. And coming up with kind of processes for cooking mushrooms. And as of just the last couple months, I can honestly say I like mushrooms now.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. After
0: a lifetime of hating mushrooms.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I've, I've always, I, I kind of like most food, but yeah, I definitely have almost as much or more fun doing, like I do the wine kit stuff and uh, lot, lots of process stuff like that. And the results, I don't know if I can. Have that. They're all. None of them are perfect. They're all, but they're all good. But the process is very fun. Yeah. It's and also just the. Uh, I very much like the 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 bulk having much, much of something. So, if you have thirty <laughs> bottles of wine that you've just made, or if you have a whole espresso machine and all the beans you want, you know it's it's very fun to have as much as you want. <laughs> for sure,
0: for sure. No, uh, no extinction instinct.
1: Yes. Exactly.
0: All right. So if people want to uh, keep up with your work, where should they find you?
1: Um. Well, t- uh, Task Paper User Forms is where uh, that's that's the public place where we talk nowadays. Um, there, so uh, it's TaskPaper.com. And then if you go to User Forms, that's where you'll get if you have questions or something like that.
0: All right, and you're on Twitter as Jesse Gross Jean, correct? Oh
1: yeah, I am. Yeah, I haven't. I I, I kind of read Twitter, but I haven't. I don't post much, but yes.
0: <laughs> That's funny because on the Folding Text website, it suggests following you.
1: Yeah, Twitter you know. Yeah, yeah. You know how those things work. All I... right.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for your time today.
1: Okay. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I I hope we I hope we get to catch up again. In less than eight years and uh, and do keep me posted about about this new project of yours.
1: Sure, I will and, and add me to the Envy alt thing and uh-huh. you, yeah, and the yeah. Ultra, yeah. Ultra, right, Ultra. And the uh that coffee thing you was you there was a link, or how was that? Where's yeah, that coming? Uh, I will send you uh my affiliate
0: link. So if okay. you love it, we'll both get something out of it. Cool. Hey, thanks for tuning in to systematic. Check out more episodes at SystematicPod.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Find me as TT scoff on all social platforms and follow Systematic at Systemcast, S-Y-S-T-M-C-A-S-T on Twitter. Thanks for listening.